to dear Cyril. I want to have a conversation with our president. And Mr. President, I want to tell you this, that recently I and about 200 of my close friends have been talking. And we've been talking about our country and uh, where it's going and what's happening to it. And, and sometimes, Mr. President, we feel a little bit afraid. Sometimes we are full of hope, but at other times we are really worried. And uh, so we've been talking because, because we think you've got quite an important role to play. And so I asked my friends this question. I said, what problem that our country is presently facing do you think our president should make his number one priority? So, Mr. President, I want to tell you that as we discussed this, there were 35 different answers. All those 200-odd people that I had these conversations with came up with at least 35 different answers to what they thought was your number one priority. So good luck with that. However, Mr. President, some things stood out. Some things came head and shoulders above everything else. And they were these, Mr. President. Education. Unemployment. Crime and corruption. Racism and the land issue. Of all those 35 things, Mr. President, that me and my friends were talking about, those were the big ones. But I've got to say this, that education was by far the biggest. Which kind of makes me a little bit excited because, because it seems like that most South Africans don't just want good for themselves. Because most of me and my friends, honestly, Mr. President, we've got good education. But we see that there are millions of people that don't. And so it was kind of encouraging to me that of all the things I chose, that was the biggie. And that it's not just about themselves. It's about our whole country. So, Mr. President, there is no easy or simple list. Since you aren't here for me to talk to you directly and tell you how to solve all of these problems, because I have an opinion pretty much on all of them, what I want to do is use the next few minutes to remind you what the Bible says about the job you have. And also to make commitments to you about the kind of citizens this church family commits to be. Because who knows, perhaps we can do some things that can help you solve those massive problems that our country is facing. So because we're followers of Jesus, Mr. President, we need to point you to the Scriptures. We need to point you to the Bible because that's where we come from. In Romans chapter 13, this Bible has quite a lot to say about governments and how they're supposed to work and what they're supposed to do. But in Romans chapter 13, there's a particular passage, and it says this in verse 4. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary 
to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servant to give their full time to governing. So, Mr. President, dear Cyril, the first thing I want to say to you is that you are God's servant. In fact, I don't know what your relationship is with God. I do understand that you had a good Methodist upbringing. And I do understand that you've spoken about the fact that you, you know God. But whether you do or don't, Mr. President, every single leader, everybody in any kind of authority anywhere in the world whether they acknowledge God or not, are the servants of God. And so we want to remind you that you don't just serve us. You don't just serve the people of our country. But before you do that, you serve a living God who will hold you accountable for what you do, but who also loves you and offers to you help and hope. And not just hope while you're the president of our country, but hope for all eternity. Now, Mr. President, let me remind you, number one, you're God's servant. But number two, this passage of Scripture says that you and your government is there for earthly justice and protection of all our people. You are there for earthly justice and protection for all our people. Now that's hard. Because the last time I looked, there are lots of kinds of people in our country. People with all sorts of agendas. People who are opposite to each other. People who believe one thing is right and another thing is wrong. And other people who believe exactly the opposite. Good luck with that, Mr. President. Because this is an incredibly diverse nation. And we don't just want you to be the president of us. Us Christians, or us suburbanites, or us this. We truly want you to be the president of our country. Of all our people. And to provide them both earthly justice and real protection. We know that is hard, but we need to remind you that Romans chapter 13 verse 4 gives that from God to you as his servant. The third thing that this passage tells us, Mr. President, is that you are there for the good and prosperity of all our people. The good and the prosperity of all. All our people. And Mr. President, I probably need to remind you that we live in one of the most unequal societies in the world. Where the rich and poor have probably one of the biggest divides of any country in the world. Mr. President, we know that you didn't create that problem. But it's there. And we're going to pray for you as you try to find ways of taking the amazing resources of our country 
and making them available and accessible to everybody. It's going to be tough, Mr. President. And this land issue that we're talking about at the moment, we're really praying for you because that's really tough. Because we know that God has given land to everybody. Mr. President, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit next week. But sir, you are here for the good, prosperity, for justice, and protection for all. Because you're God's servant. And then, Mr. President, I have a fourth thing that I need to remind you that God has put you here for. And that is to create space for us, as the citizens of this country, to practice good. So place where we can go out there and do good. It says so in the Bible, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 14, it says this, to governors who are sent by him, that's God, to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. Remember I talked about justice a minute ago, Mr. President, that's the that's that punishment part. But there's that other part where you commend those who do right. And so part of your job is to create place in our society where people like us who really want the best for our society have the opportunity to get out there and do good without too many restrictions, without, without telling us what we can and can't do. When we're doing good, Mr. President, you need to create a country where that can happen where people can thrive, where good can be practiced. Mr. President, I want to tell you that if that happens, you'll get some glory. But more than that, if that happens, God will get glory. You see, and when God gets glory, something very special happens, Mr. President. Something very special happens. Because when God gets glory, all people benefit. Often when humans take glory for themselves, only they benefit. Now, Mr. President, I've got one more thing that I want to tell you is your job. It's this, to create an opportunity for us as God's people to become more like Jesus. We've got a theological word for that, sanctified. And it's interesting, I know you don't know about that job, Mr. President, but sometimes you do things that make us angry. And sometimes you do things that, that, that touch us where it hurts, like in our wallets or in our personal freedoms. And sometimes it hurts just because we're selfish, because we don't want to share, because we think that everything we have belongs to us. We forget that it actually belongs to God. But the truth is you're creating an opportunity when that happens for us to become more like Jesus. There's a passage in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 that says this, For we know that all things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And so sometimes you'll pass laws that, that we need to obey, even when we don't want to obey them. But they're good, legitimate laws, like those speed limits. Especially like when I, we know our car can go much faster than that, Mr. President. But it'll be sanctifying for us. Well, sometimes when we pay taxes, and we know about corruption, 
But we understand those tax laws aren't for you. But they're for all of us. But Mr. President, you'll also help us to be sanctified because sometimes you may pass laws that we disagree with. Not just personally, but because we think that they go against God's laws. And then, Mr. President, we hope that we have the bravery to speak up. We hope that we have even perhaps the bravery to go to jail because we're doing things that the Bible tells us to do that the country's telling us not to do. And so you will sanctify us. Whether you're the best president we've ever had or the worst president, because we serve God, God is going to use us, use you to make us better followers of him, either by obeying you or sometimes even by disobeying you and speaking out. So, Mr. President, that, I believe, is a summary of what God's job is for you as his servant as the leader of our country. And so while you do that, while you fix those 35 problems that me and my friends think are your number one priorities, while you fix education, while you sort out the land issue, while you solve the crime problems, while you do all that, Mr. President, I want to tell you we're going to do some things. As your followers... Your countrymen, but as the followers of Jesus, I'm going to commit that ah, and our church will do some things. Firstly, Mr. President, we will pray for you. You see, we're told to do that. We don't really have an option. Truth be told, Mr. President, some presidents are easy to pray for. Other presidents are hard to pray for. And I'm not going to say which category you fall in. But that doesn't matter. Because we're not going to pray for you because we like you. We're going to pray for you because God told us to pray for you. It says so in 1 Timothy 2. It says this, I urge then first of all that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. And so, Mr. President, I'm setting an alarm on my phone just to remind myself, because I forget. I get selfish. I get busy. I don't have a country to run, but sometimes a church feels a little bit like that. But I'll pray for you every day. Secondly, Mr. President, while you're busy solving all those big issues, I will pray for you. And we will do more. We will honor you. We will give you honor. Not because you've earned it, but because God tells us to. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, it says, Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God honor the emperor. And so we, we're telling you we're going to honor you. But we're going to start by trying to honor each other and everybody else because, because Mr. President, before God, everyone is equal. Secondly, we will pay our taxes. It's tax season. Some of us have already done it. Sometimes we're not going to like paying our taxes, Mr. President. True story. 
But it says this in Romans chapter 13. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there's no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. And then later on, Mr. President, it goes on to say this. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. So, Mr. President, we will honor you. We will pay our taxes, and we will obey the laws. But, Mr. President, we will obey God's law before we obey yours. But with all that we have, we will obey the laws that you pass if they don't contradict God's laws. So, Mr. President, we will do that. As your children, as as your followers in your country, as God's children, we will do that. Because the Bible tells us we have to do it. But then, Mr. President, I think we're going to do more than that. I think we're going to end up doing more than that. Because you remember I said you are God's servant? Well, the truth is we're also God's servants. But we're God's servants in a slightly different way to what you are. Because you're the leader, you're God's servant. You don't have a choice about that. But we are followers of Jesus, and we chose to become servants of God. We took a decision. We said we want to follow Jesus. And so just as you are a follower of Jesus, uh, a servant of God, so are we. And so the truth is, all those big problems that we said you need to solve because you are a servant of God, we have to take responsibility for them, Mr. President, because we're also servants of God. And so I want to say this. I want to commit myself and our church. We will help to educate people. We've got some great teachers in our congregation, Mr. President, and we will do well. Mr. President, we run a thing called Sunday School. You probably went to it when you were little. Do you know that Sunday schools were started by churches wanting to teach children who couldn't read to read? And they used the Bible. That's how Sunday School started. That's why it's called Sunday School. I don't know why we do that, because it's probably not kids all week and then Sunday School, yeah. But back in the day, it, that's what it was about. But Mr. President, I'm telling you, we've got a little school here. And we're going to empower children in other communities that can't learn because of language barriers. We're going to go out there and we're going to help them. Some of us will even pay for children who can't afford to be educated in a better school. We'll we'll pay that, Mr. President, and we'll do it graciously. Because it's not only your responsibility to educate our nation It is all of our responsibility. So we're going to help you to educate, sir. Sir, this unemployment problem, which my friends and I thought was a biggie, we're going to help solve that. And we're going to do it by when we do employ people, we're going to pay them proper wages so that they can actually live and don't have to be trapped in poverty forever and ever. We're going to try and and have fair labor practice as much as we can, and we're going to employ people as much as we can, even when that means we get maybe a little less profit, sir. Mr. President, you're quite a rich guy. We hope you do the same personally as we're committing to do. Mr. President, that issue that my friends and I discovered about racism, we're going to help you with that too, sir. 
We commit as a family who love each other to learn from one another. Our church is, is, is becoming more racially diverse, Mr. President. We're really excited about that. We're not anywhere where we need to be. We want to look like our neighborhood, and, and we're not quite there yet. But, Mr. President, we're gonna, we here are going to deal with a racism issue. We're going to have hard conversations that, that sometimes we don't, we avoid. Sometimes we even think we're not racist because we've just, you know, we love Jesus now and it's all fixed. But, Mr. President, we're going to have those hard conversations with people who are completely different to us so that we can learn to understand them, so that there's not just the surface thing of being nice to each other, but, Mr. President, that we truly become one in Jesus Christ. Because the Bible has reminded us that in the kingdom of God there's no male nor female, no Jew nor Gentile, no slave or free. We are all one. And, Mr. President, the truth is, if we've got that kind of start as a church, we should be showing the rest of our country exactly how to do it. So, Mr. President, we're going to fight racism too. Mr. President, we will fight crime and corruption wherever we can. We won't pay bribes to people, even if it costs us. We're not going to become part of that. We will be good citizens who obey the laws as an example to other people. And when we can, we'll become physically involved in fighting crime wherever we can. Mr. President, the land issue, we will share God's land with all our people. See, we understand that everything we have comes from you. It's not, it's not ours. Mr. President, this country doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to your party. It doesn't belong to us. It belongs to God. And God has given us a country that can take care of all of its people. We will do our best. Healthcare, Mr. President. That was another one of the biggies. We will bring healing. We've got some incredible doctors and nurses and OTs and physios in our in our church, sir, and they're out there and they're serving and they're doing a good job. The rest of us, we're going to pray for people. We're going to help people. We will bring as much healing as we can to our land. So, Mr. President, good luck with your impossible task. Good luck with being a servant of God. Mr. President, we will pray for you. Mr. President, we will obey the laws. Mr. President, we commit to sharing our country with everybody who is part of it. Not because you're a good president, and we hope you are, but because we serve a God who's put us here in this moment, in this place, to bring his kingdom and all that he is on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you. Thank you that we can be in this country at this moment, as difficult as it is, as challenging as it is. Lord, we pray for our president. 
We pray that today He will have an encounter with you that will lift Him up where He needs to be lifted up, that will bring Him low where He needs to be brought low, that will help Him to understand that He is your servant. Lord, as we take this opportunity now to celebrate the ultimate servant, to look at Jesus who gave himself entirely for us. Help us to remember, Lord, that we need to give ourselves for the kingdom of God. So that this country that we live in can reflect who God is more and more.